Welcome to the latest episode of Comic Book Physics, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This is the final episode with content designed to coincide with the unofficial 75 Greatest Marvels Countdown podcast, as the second last episode, or penultimate episode of that podcast, is being released today. Following this, we're going to go back to taking listener suggestions for the vast majority of our topics. Now, in this case, we can actually do that in two ways. One of the hosts of the unofficial 75 Greatest Marvels podcast is also a member of the Horizon Labs Facebook and Twitter groups. He goes by the name of Fractures, and he suggested a podcast about cloning, which is actually a relevant topic for Civil War, which was this week's unofficial 75 Greatest Marvels Countdown podcast topic. So that's what we're going to be looking into. So what is cloning? Cloning is a means of reproducing that circumvents the natural biological process. So normally when, say, two human beings reproduce, their body takes you know, a random selection of half the DNA from one, a random selection of half the DNA from another, mix them together to get a new combination in the offspring. Well, if it was just complete chromosomal duplication, so say one of your two copies of chromosome three from each parent, we wouldn't have as much variation in children as we see. Now with cloning, instead of taking random combinations or random selections of half the DNA from each parent, what we actually do is, in a lab, we take an exact copy of the DNA from one organism, rather than two, and produce another organism with identical DNA. So this has a few interesting implications. One of the debates that's constantly raging is how much of who we are is determined by nature, i.e. genes, that sort of thing, and how much by nurture, so the experiences we have. There's a lot of studies done on identical twins separated at birth just to see, well, what do they have in common that could be dictated by nature, and what would be nurture that varied from home to home when they were raised by two totally different adoptive families. Now, cloning in comics often means producing an exact duplicate exactly as they are. So in the case of Civil War, we have a character who will later be known as Ragnarok, who is described as a clone of Thor, using genetic material that Hank Pym had the quote-unquote foresight to collect way back when the Avengers first started. Now, keep in mind, the Hank Pym that's actually running around during Civil War is the Skrull Kriti Null, and not the traditional Hank Pym. But still, the genetic material came from somewhere, so either that was the cover story, and Kriti Null had it because the Skrulls had it, or Hank Pym really did collect DNA samples from all of the Avengers right at the start, which is the kind of purely scientific with no forethought to emotions kind of decision that Hank Pym would make. So I'm willing to buy that either way, whichever way the writers feel is more interesting for the story that they're telling at the moment. Now, would cloning produce an exact duplicate of them as they are? Right In this case, the clone Thor, or Ragnarok, physically appeared to be the same as you know the grown Thor that we saw. Well, the issue with cloning is the way it's done, not just in Civil War, but in Spider-Man the Clone Saga, which was discussed way back in episode 65, is that we've got the same genetic material, but then how are they raised, right? Even if you have a perfect clone, which is not represented anywhere in comics and would be much more difficult to achieve, well, if you clone a 40-year-old, the person you've just cloned will not be 40. You've just created an infant that has the potential to grow up into that 40-year-old that you're cloning from. Now, in the case of Thor, the Norse gods are millennia old, and we don't know a lot about exactly how he's bonded to Donald Blake from a scientific perspective, because Odin used magic. So how much of that DNA would be Thor? How much of that DNA would be Don Blake? 
do we even have the facility to clone an Asgardian? We're talking about a species that lives for thousands of years. Why is this Thor fully grown? Did Hank Pym actually try cloning him? But even then, from the reader perspective, the comics have been out for almost 50 years at the time that Civil War came out. From the character perspective, they're saying that the events of Fantastic Four issue 1 happened, quote-unquote, 12 years ago. So this would only be 12 years later, which means Thor should be at most 12 years old. And the recent stories dealing with Loki do seem to indicate or imply that Asgardians do have childhoods as well, even though Loki is half-frost giant. So we don't know how much of his biology is going to be fit for the Asgardian biology and how much he's getting from the other side of the family. So either way, cloning is something that's possible. And in fact, a lot of the fruits and vegetables that we eat on a day-to-day basis, at least in the Western world, are a result of cloning. If you've got a seedless watermelon, well, you, without science, you need seeds to produce that watermelon. But if you take a graft of that plant, you know, take a clipping of that plant and plant it so that it grows into a fully new plant, you've just created a new organism based on identical genetic material to the previous organism. You have indeed cloned that plant using the super advanced technology of scissors and dirt. That's the kind of cloning that mankind has been doing for centuries. So cloning does happen. It does have a lot of people objecting to it. And most of those objections do seem to be somewhat religious in nature. You know, they're questioning about what the result of that clone would be. Would it really be a person based on the idea that human beings have souls and we're more than this physical stuff? I know where I sit on that. Longtime listeners could probably guess where I sit on that. But that's not really what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about cloning and how it works, how viable it is. So it's legitimate technology. The concerns I have are, what about that person who's created as a clone? Right? We're not talking about necessarily in vitro fertilization. We're talking about creating something that's essentially a science experiment. I could see a lot of concerns with the nurture side of how that person is raised. Right? They are going to be watched with scrutiny to see how similar to or different from the original they are. I've met people who feel certain pressure and obligation simply because they were named after a parent. Imagine how exaggerated that would be if you're a duplicate of that parent. There's a different set of pressures. Nothing insurmountable, but something that must be taken into consideration when you're raising that individual. Especially since there is some talk about using cloning technology not to close entire people, but just replacement organs. And people question the ethics of that. Right? If you think you're going to have kidney failure, well, take a few sample cells and grow a new kidney. That's a perfect donor match for me because it came from my DNA and it's effectively a new copy of my kidney and not one donated by someone else. Now, I think we can all agree that it would be nice to have a system in place, provided it's ethical and healthy, that eliminates potential deaths simply because no donatable organs were available at the time. That is an admirable goal that few people would argue against. The debate comes in with, how do we achieve that goal? Is it ethical to grow just those organs from stem cells or something else, which they say could have the potential to grow up to be a completely new human being. It's one of those cases where technology is advancing and people are asking, is this a direction we want to go? Do the benefits really outweigh the risks? So most countries have banned experimentation in human cloning, although you can do it in others. I mean, look at Dolly the sheep. They've successfully managed to clone sheep, although the clones, while they survive for a few years, they, up to this point, have been less healthy and have lived shorter lives than the originals that they were cloned from. So clearly the process is serviceable, but far from perfect. So as far as the ethics go, I'm undecided. I hadn't really thought about it 
in terrible detail since they first announced Dolly the Sheep and the progress being made in that regard. I don't know if I really had to decide today what I would do. I would probably lean towards, you know, having those organ banks available, even if it's through clone material. Just looking at my fiance, who's got a condition that means she's probably going to need a liver donated at some point in the future. It'd be nice to know that those livers are going to be available. But in any event, cloning is perfectly viable and valid technology, even if we haven't quite achieved it yet when you're talking about a reality that has the likes of Reed Richards and Hank Pym working on this kind of problem, you know, super science in the comic book world is fairly common. So can they produce clones? Yes. Have they shown anyone that actually has an accurate clone? Well, there's Bentley Whitman, the wizard, managed to clone himself and he's been doing it for years. And the nice thing about that is that the clones are being treated as children. So if he cloned himself eight years ago, the product of that cloning is an eight-year-old boy. So that Bentley Whitman clone is a part of the future foundation. And that is probably the most accurate representation of cloning I've seen, where he's got some things in common with his genetic benefactor, but some clear differences and has been raised in a very different environment that has had a huge impact on who he is. And critically, his age is correct. The other times they talk about accelerated aging and how they pulled it off, but at this stage in our technology, accelerated aging is not some offhand thing that you do just to make the clones work. That is more difficult and advanced technology that hasn't been developed yet. So that would actually be the bigger achievement than cloning in our world today. The fact that it's not treated that way in the comics does kind of indicate that, yeah, they're doing clones for the sake of clones. So I will give cloning as a concept a pass as it's been implemented, for example, with Ragnarok, aka the Thor clone. Well, the original clone didn't have a computer in his head that could be smashed in battle. So that's clearly not just a clone. There's a lot of cybernetics going on as well. Most cloning in the Marvel Universe does not get a pass, but Bentley does with his clone as a member of the Future Foundation. That, by and large, is something that could be done with an advanced scientist, because even though he doesn't come close to Reed Richards, the wizard is a bright scientist in the Marvel Universe. He is way above average. He's just not in Mr. Fantastic's league, no matter how much he tends to think he is. Anyway, that's all we have to say for this month. Join us on the last Wednesday of next month and each month after that for further installments of Comic Book Physics, and listen in just over a week's time for announcements about what is coming next now that the unofficial 75 Greatest Marvels Countdown podcast is coming to a close. Feel free to rate this and any other show you listen to on iTunes and on Stitcher. It really does help the shows get noticed. Share links with your friends who you feel may be interested. And finally, thank you for listening.